0: everyone that's joining us online. Thank you for being here. We are in the book of Ephesians and it's been fun. And uh, just a reminder, we do do an offering every single week. Uh, It's just a way to pay for tech, childcare, books. Uh, And so if you have donated, thank you so much for that. Uh, Just a reminder, our accountant has asked me to remind everybody, if you ever give to the Women's Bible City Offering, uh, make sure you do it through the envelopes or if you're mailing it in, put it to women's ministry. Uh, Our accountant has found envelopes all over and sometimes people put it in the church Sunday. And if you do that, that's awesome. It just doesn't go to women's Bible study. It's gotta go through our channels because CA's got systems and they're systems for a reason. So anyways, just want to let you know that. So if you wanna donate, donate in the weekly offering that gets passed around. Um, and then I think our next announcement, yeah, a partnership. I'm jazzed about this. Uh, CA does something called partnership. We don't do membership. Uh, we want to partner with you in what God's doing. And so if you've never taken this class, I want to encourage you. It's a four-week class. You get to meet all the pastors. Uh, Matt Price does this awesome like history recap of the church. Like I want to go just to hear Matt do it again because it's awesome. This church has a 115-year legacy, and that's beautiful. And a city is transient in LA mm-hmm. when things are turning over all the time that CA has been stable and grounded in God's Word all the time is pretty cool. So if you've never taken this, it's free. Uh, it meets at 11:15 for four weeks starting May 4th, and there is free breakfast. So if you are somebody who likes free breakfast, <laughs> that's what got me in there. So, anyways, uh, you can sign up for that online, and it will start uh, this weekend at 11:15. So you can mark your calendars for that. Um, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker for the day. Will you please give it up for Tanya? (laughs) Sweet and faithful Tanya did her internship with us, and part of the internship at CA is learning how to write and give a sermon. And so it was part of her notes and plans anyway. So Jill and I had the forethought of let's have her do a passage in Ephesians. And then if she says yes, she can teach in Ephesians. And Tanya, being the faithful woman of God she is said. No. (laughs) So then we prayed prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And she said. Okay. So, Tanya is going to bring us a word today, and it is a good, good, good word because this woman is anointed. So, uh, if you would just join me in extending hands, I just want to bless Tanya as she brings a good word to us today. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for Tanya. We thank you for this daughter who you have made and formed in your image, God, in your likeness. And Lord, I pray you bless her this morning as she brings a word to us, Father, with the Spirit fall afresh on her and us, Lord. We pray that you'd anoint her lips, her heart, and her mind, God, and that you'd give her every good thing she needs, Father. I thank you for the woman of faith that she is, and we pray, God, that you would speak through her today. Thank you for Tanya, and we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Tanya. Woohoo. Thank you, ladies. <laughs>
1: Thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate that and I need that. So, even if I'm not making any sense, nods and smiles help. So, thank you for that. Um, I just want to start off by saying the book of Ephesians has been so good. Um, how are you guys enjoying it so far? It's been really good, right? Um, so, we've just been talking about God's goodness. Um, knowing more about his godliness and who he's called us to, who we are in him. Some of the things we've learned is that we're chosen, we're predestined, we're redeemed, forgiven, marked by him, adopted, and we're actually God's own handiwork. And that's just to name a few things. So since we now know who we are and whose we are, In chapter four, Paul starts to dive into how do we actually live this out? One area that Paul focuses on is our oneness in God and oneness with one another. In a word, unity. Oneness in Christ is oneness with one another. As Christ followers, we are one with Jesus and the Father and we are also called to be one with one another As we are united with the Father, we are being united with each other. The two actually work together. So ladies, how's your unity doing these days? Before you answer that, let's say a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with my sisters in this room. Holy Spirit, will you please guide this time? Would you fill my mouth and fill our hearts with that that you want us to take in today? May the love of God bind us together and the spirit of unity even now be ever present in this space. We give you praise, glory, and honor for this time in Jesus name. Amen. So while the, the book of Ephesians, we've learned, um, is speaking directly to the church in Ephesus, as I read chapter four, I couldn't help but think about my own family. As we're talking about unity in this chapter, my family has faced a lot of disunity and a lot of division. Generational feuds and really close family members going decades without even speaking to each other. Maybe some of you have also experienced that pain of having an estranged loved one in your family or a really dear and close friend that you're no longer um, united with or in relationship with, so you know how painful this could be. It reminded me of Jesus' prayer in John where he prayed that we would be one even as he and the Father is one. This is God's desire. So imagine how it must hurt God's heart when we, his family, his children, are not in unity with each other. Even though much of the disunity in my family started well before there was social media, social media has brought a whole bunch of intensity to this. Don't get me wrong, I like parts of social media. I love seeing your vacation pictures, fun restaurants, your cute babies, puppies, Coley's engagement pictures. Um, But if I'm honest, sometimes church, when I read those posts and those comments, I don't see much unity there. A while back I was speaking to a really close Christian friend and they were sharing with me about how they were having a really difficult time with another Christian friend of ours because of the post and the political views they were seeing in social media. They were really like long-term friends, but they were separating. They were deciding to walk away from the friendship because it just became too much. And I think this has become all too common today. We're just so quick to walk away from one another. Um, Whether it's based on those political differences between friends, family conflicts on various matters, or even whether to mask or not. It's gone just way beyond differing of opinions to actual relational breaks. I don't think that that's God's heart. In this chapter, Paul calls for oneness in the body of Christ, and he is speaking to us, the church, directly. God has called his church to pursue unity first with Christ and then with one another. In Ephesians four, one through six, Paul shares with us how deep, how to keep the unity God has called us. He says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is overall living in us all and through us all. We are called to be one, to be singular in love for the Father, in loving one another and in spreading the good news. And I particularly love that passage in the scripture where it says, be patient with one another, making allowances for one another's faults because of your love. When Paul says that, he's actually begging the church to remember that we are called to oneness. We are called by God. And he's actually cautioning the church of Ephesus to not to slide back into disunity. I believe oneness is the way we actually live out that call that Paul references in the beginning of that passage. So today we're gonna to consider three questions to identify any hindrances to living in unity and ways we can overcome them. First, let's look at Ephesians 4:21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, Let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So the first question is this, ladies, are you holding on to any old ways of thinking that are truer to you than God's word? Are you holding on to any old ways of thinking that are truer to you than God's word is? Are you making decisions or living in a way that is contrary to who God designed you or called you to be? When our old way of thinking is truer to us than God's word, we can sometimes allow that way of thinking to become, um, to infiltrate our walk as a Christ follower. Growing up, I was taught to be a very independent woman I was taught, one of the things I heard very often (laughs) was, I want you to be independent, not to be, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, I I grew up to be a very independent woman, is what I was saying. So in my family, I heard a lot of things like, I want you to be independent, you have to be able to take care of yourself. I don't want you to be dependent on any man. Uh, maybe some of you have heard some of these things in your, in your family as well. And, um, and, and that really guided my, my thinking and my decisions growing up and as I became a young adult. So when I became a Christian, it was really difficult for me to, to turn that way of thinking off And I didn't know if I could really depend on God. You know, would God just be someone that would let me down? Is he a man that I can't depend on? I really brought that old way of thinking right into my relationship with the Almighty God. That way of thinking was fighting against the word that I was learning about who God is to me. That his word was telling me that he would never leave me nor forsake me that my help comes from Him, and that I don't have to fear because He will always help me. But that old way of thinking was not only fighting against the Word, it was really threatening my unity with the Father. So I had to make a choice. Either I was gonna trust God and what His Word says, or continue to believe like the former me. And honestly, that really hadn't been working for me. So I really started to just meditate on the word of God um, to to change my mindset. I had to um, put in something different than what that tape I had been hearing all my life. I needed to replace the lie that I couldn't depend on God with the truth of his word. And to this day, that has been the most impactful counter to the old way of thinking for me. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So reading the word, singing the word, was building my faith in God and helping me to renew my mind. And hey, maybe for you, that hasn't been an issue for you. It could be, will I have enough? Will my needs be met? Will um, I have enough money, resources? Or maybe it's more like, well, if you knew what I really have done in my life, can God really accept me? Am I really accepted by the Father? Um, I just want you to know that that, too, is a lie. (laughs) If you are in Christ, you are already accepted and brand new. God is all you'll ever need, and he will never fail you nor forsake you. So, yes, he will meet your needs. And, yes, he loves you just like you are. And if you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, the invitation to be made new to Christ is open to everyone. You can be made new right now because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Just ask God to help you to see and know him, and he will. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reminds us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old thing passed away, Behold, new things have come." So remember, if you are in Christ, you've already been made new. You are no longer a slave to that old way of thinking. Let's take a look at Ephesians 4, 6 through 12. One God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of generosity, out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. The text for this is he climbed high mountains, he captured the enemy and seized the booty. He handed it all out. Well, that means like, you know, treasure. <laughs> uh, it's true, is it not? That the one who climbed up also climbed down, down to the valley of earth. And one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up, up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts, and handed out gifts of apostles, prophet, evangelists, and pastor and teachers. To train, Christians in, to, to train Christians in skilled servant work, serving within Christ's body, the church. So if you're taking notes, we just discussed, are you holding on to any old ways of thinking that are truer to you than God's word? The, number, the second question we'll look at is this, where have you traded oneness for sameness? What does that mean, oneness for sameness? So do you demand that others be the same as you, look the same, vote the same? Do you want sameness more than you want oneness? Or is oneness really your aim? To God, oneness does not, does not mean sameness. We can be of one mind and be singularly focused with a common goal, but not all think the same or have the same gifts. In fact, I believe that diversity is the strength of unity. Look, there are, very, there are some very important things that I think that we do have to think the same on, like the Bible being God's inspired word. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. Jesus, the Son of God, paid for our sins by dying on the cross and rose again to redeem us. However, most of what we actually disagree on or have disunity about in the church is none of those things. We are designed uniquely for a reason. I believe God loves variety. Just look at nature. Well, just look around this room. However, sometimes I think we expect if we are truly to be unified, we have to be the same. And if, it, if someone doesn't think exactly like I do, in the same way on all things, can we truly be one? I think yes. God sees me and my husband, Dennis, as one. However, <laughs> Dennis and I do not, think alike, do not think alike on a lot of things and we definitely aren't the same person. So my husband grew up in a household without sisters. I know, poor, poor man, right? Um, and I grew up in a home that was mostly all women, um, apart from my youngest brother, who was the baby of the family, so, you know, he's blessed, right? Um, but I remember when Dennis and I first got married and we started living together, um, in my family... Saturday mornings, the first thing you do is you clean the house, like you get up, you do your chores, and then whatever you have going on for the day, you set out for the day, so that's going to be the tradition in our house, <laughs> and, um, and Dennis, I don't, I don't know, I mean, they were all boys, I don't know if he had that same kind of ritual in his home or not, but so on Saturday mornings, you know, I'm ready to do this, and he's like, let's go to breakfast, and I'm like, Okay, we've got to clean the house. And he's like, after breakfast, let's take a nap. You know, And I'm like... <laughs> so we would get into this back and forth every Saturday, or it felt like every Saturday, um, about doing the chores or when to do the chores because I wanted Dennis to be the same as me. And I wanted the house cleaned before we went out for the day. So it wasn't, a dis- it wasn't that he wasn't willing to do the chores He just didn't want to do it the same way I wanted to do it. (laughs) So in those early days, to be honest, we didn't have a lot of unity in our home. But I finally realized we didn't have to do things exactly the same to have unity in caring for our home. And just because it didn't look like I thought it should look didn't mean we had different goals. We just had different ways of achieving the goal. I think this happens often with us as believers. Because we share our belief in Christ, we sometimes expect that we all have to think and approach things the same way. And that's not how God designed his body. Romans 14.1 says, welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do, and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it comes, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department, remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Don't jump all over them (laughs) every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Um, I think that that's such an important point, and I love the way the Message Bible kinda just says it so plainly. I believe this is where patience and gentleness comes in. Even when we're sharing the truth, how we do it matters. In 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26, it says, refuse to get involved in inane discussions, they always end up in fights. God's servants must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and a turning to the truth, enabling them to escape the devil's trap where they are caught and held captives, forced to run his errands. Our willingness to actually love one another and not just jump ship, not cancel each other, may actually help our brothers or sisters have a change of heart. But if we are so quick to just run the other way or walk out on these relationships, we may miss something that God is trying to do. Or maybe it's us that actually needs that change of heart. Just saying. (laughs) Let's look at Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then there will no longer be infants, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay, so we just looked at question number two. Where have you traded oneness for sameness? Now question three, how's your maturity meter? I wonder, do you recognize that you still have some growing and learning to do in order to do this oneness well? In the scripture we just read, Paul says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that whole measure of the fullness of Christ. If I'm honest, when I think about the things that have separated me from a friend or a dear loved one, it has generally been my pride or hurt feelings or holding on to an offense, neither of which is an excuse to break fellowship. It's been a lack of immaturity in me, really a lack of love. I recently came across this quote. It says, unity is not a peace, and that's P-E-A-C-E, that falls on the church. It is the product of the church growing up in love. God doesn't expect us to stay babies forever. Maturity leads to unity, and as we grow and mature in Christ, we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We are looking more and more like Christ. I'd like to share this story with you that I think illustrates this point really well. Um, It says, the huge redwood trees in California are considered the largest living things on earth and the tallest trees in the world. Some of them are over 300 feet high and over 2,500 years old. One would think that trees so large would have a tremendous root system reaching down hundreds of feet into the earth. However, the redwoods actually have a very shallow system of roots. So how do they get so big and stand so long? Although it's a shallow root system, they all intertwine. They are locked to each other. So when the storms come and the winds blow, the redwoods stand. And it's because they don't stand alone, for all the trees support and protect each other. The same is true for the church. We will stay strong and be able to withstand the storms of our unity and by working together. If we do not stand together, we will surely fall apart. A key way to gauge your maturity as a believer, is the degree of unity you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ. So as we prepare to close, I'll ask that question again. How's your unity looking these days? Let's take a couple of moments to sit quiet with God and allow him to speak to us about the three questions we just looked at. Question one, Lord, where have I relied on my opinion over your word? Where have I relied on my opinion over your word? Mm. Lord, where have I been seeking sameness instead of oneness? Where have I been seeking sameness instead of oneness? Lord, where are you inviting me to grow in maturity? Where are you inviting me to grow in maturity? So while your eyes are closed, I'd just like to share this prayer. Lord, forgive me for any way I have not honored your word in living in unity. You have commanded us to first love you and then others. Lord, help me to put aside any opinions that would exalt itself against the knowledge of you and your word. I thank you that you have called us to live a life united with you first and then with my brothers and sisters. May I choose a life of harmony and unity, and may I also be a reconciler for you, Lord, and the kingdom of God. Please show me if there are any relationships that need your repair, and help me, Lord, to humble my thoughts and surrender my opinions to you. Lord, show me and open my heart to walk in true unity in Jesus' name, amen. I know walking in unity is not easy, <laughs> it's not always easy, but I know that we, can, but we cannot give up. The best part is that we are, not growing. we are not growing and changing all on our own. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, and he is the one that's helping to transform our lives from the inside out. He is our helper. When we walk in God's truth and unity, we glorify our Father. And isn't that what we all wanna do? I'd like to leave you with one last scripture, Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another with authentic, brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor. We're family, ladies. So before we leave, would you look at the beautiful sister sitting next to you and say these words? Choosing oneness is not always easy, easy. but you are worth it. it. Amen.
0: Amen. Didn't she do so good? You can stand up and give her an ovation. (laughs) Well, with that word from Pastor Tanya, would you go and love one another well in your group? You are dismissed.